Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Sandy Golgard on the line. Sandy, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Michael. We're going to talk about something really interesting that uh, our mutual colleague, Justin Breen, uh, connected us. And uh, you've had a, I don't want to call it an accidental discovery. It was intentional to look for something to help organizations uh, help bring their people back to work in a, a safe fashion during this pandemic. But uh, share a little bit about uh, the story of the organization and, and the research that you've done over the past few months to to start helping these organizations uh, bring their employees back to the office in a safe way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so zones for, for the audience, uh, we manufacture freestanding suites. So these are uh, things that help people uh, create a better open office work environment for their employees. These are phone booths, small meeting rooms, collaboration rooms, and it's an incredible value proposition. And the benefit of that was kind of our nemesis going into the uh, pandemic in that these are so easy to install. They're so clean, quick, that it's easy to kick it down the road. And no better time to kick something down the road than during a pandemic when nobody's coming into the office. So we knew we had to get creative. And our number one goal internally, we're, we're the division of a much larger company called Allied Modular and the CEO Kevin Peetzman and myself said his number one goal is we have to keep everyone employed. Whatever we have to do, let's buckle down, figure out how to help companies the most. So we set out to see what is it that businesses are going to need during the pandemic, but more importantly, because it's a much longer time after the pandemic, where did businesses need to be met? And we conducted a month-long, really deep dive um, uh, into the research for both where companies want, wanted and needed to be met, and then specifically to real estate, you know, where was the office environment heading? What were the changes that were going to need to be um, brought about because of the pandemic? And what were going to be the biggest issues? And what we found consistent across all the research, whether it was with Gensler, um, largest you know, design firm, architects, facilities managers, and, and the C-suite was they knew they needed to provide a de-densification of workstations, provide both space barriers, <clears throat> excuse me, as well as physical barriers between people, which is fairly common. But the other thing they highlighted was the need to purify or filter air. And we now know that, especially COVID, um, it's viable aerosolized for three hours if you cough, sneeze, or exhale it into a room. So you need something that is actually filtering that air and the air that we breathe it's the most shared resource of any so if you're not treating the air you're missing the most valuable point everyone's rushing to do sanitizers and things like that which are good but this is where the real problem exists in the air that research led us back to our parent company we have engineers who've been doing modular construction for over 25 years um, clean rooms, very high technical um, and medical grade rooms. And they said the biggest problem that people are going to have in the office space is an HVAC system isn't equipped 
to uh, address that problem at the source. So once you have people on the floor, they're sharing the air no matter how good your HVAC system is. So you have to design something that gets creates blocking the detensification of workstations and purifying the air uh, and filtering it at the source where it's coughed, sneezed, or exhaled. And that led us to countless nights, uh, early mornings of just constant rapid prototyping to come up with something that truly did that. And we now launched, uh, as of July, our Clean Zones line of solutions, which is a desk panel solution with built-in air filtration to provide HEPA filtration as well as UVC um, and capture that right at the source um, before it's shared amongst all the people. That's amazing. And it's even more amazing that you were able to take a concept that and, and bring it to market so quickly. Um, and, I, and I commend a lot of organizations with all of the protective devices that we have. We see them in grocery stores, the floor stickers, all of those things. February, none of those things were top of mind for anybody. I mean, maybe a handful of people, but for the most of us, we were like, we don't know what's going to happen. And then the middle of March hit, and then, wow, here we are. What in the world? And to be able to sit down and go, what do we need to do? And we need to make the places safe. And the air component of it is is the big thing. Yeah, you can Lysol wipe the heck out of a place, but you can't Lysol wipe the air. Right. Yeah, you, you can spray Lysol, which is very concentrated, but it, it spreads out and that doesn't necessarily do anything. It's it's just like masking something. It, uh, it's right. not taking the air cleaning it up basically and redistributing it in a way where that air that other people will be consuming is free from you know the potential of, of COVID-19 and as we've seen you know at the time of this recording you know, we've seen the numbers this year go up kind of dip a little bit now they're doing that up thing again and now in many regions of the states we're approaching winter months you know and, and even in California it cools down a bit so it tends to drive people inside, and yeah. if we're all gathered inside, I, I not, to, I by no means am I predicting anything, but I would anticipate that we will probably see an increase in numbers as we get closer to winter. So, yeah, and uh, it's in the flu, right? With exactly, that, that happens every year. But the other great benefit of having clean air, right, and Clean air, I think, will be the biggest change in business and the way that we conduct ourselves um, personally moving forward um, post-pandemic. But you have allergy seasons every year. You've got VOC levels that increase throughout the day, carbon dioxide levels in the office, and all those affect your cognitive thinking. And none of this really was all of that well-known, although there were a couple of niche companies trying to attack those issues um, those are becoming more and more, um, well, better known for the for common people. And all of us have experienced those times either in a meeting room or late in the day where your eyes get heavy, you feel like nodding off, the, the Red Bull disappears from the fridge, uh, people hit the coffee machine one last time. All those are due to higher levels of VOCs and carbon dioxide in the space that you're working. So just having... Uh, this filtered air at your workstation, I've noticed at a ton, especially working late at night, um, getting this product launched, 
you're just alert. Your cognitive thinking is clear. Um, it's, it's amazing the benefits of clean air. And I speak on burnout and stress, and I tell people to get outside, take breaks and things like that. But one of the common side effects of, of prolonged stress and burnout is a lack of clarity. You feel like you're kind of in a haze, which based on what you're saying is accurate. They are, you know, and, and the air is not as clean as it could be. And cleaning, you know, getting really clean air, breathing in clean air, you mentioned being alert and clarity, um, not needing that Red Bull or five-hour energy or the six-bucks cup or whatever the case may be, you don't need that. And all of a sudden, your performance is better. You don't feel as strained. You're energized to do the work. And you're like, it's almost like when you put on your favorite music and you're moving around and, and life is easier and a lot of that stuff. It, it's basically you know, you know, adding music to the air you breathe in a way and just like, okay, this is so much better. And you just feel better. And, you know, I'm somebody that you know, deals with seasonal allergies from time to time. And when I can breathe, it's like, wow, I feel better. There's less tension in my shoulders. I, I'm, I, I can see things. I'm not feeling, ugh. And, and navigating and trying to fight through those things. So like you said, it's the most shared resource. And it's something that's so critically important. And I agree with you. I, I, I see the opportunities here, you know, for organizations like yours to capitalize on this, you know, and, you know, let me, let me make it clear, you know, you want businesses to be successful and you want them to do things because it helps them grow and create more opportunities and make the world a better place. It's how, you know, this world works. And I'm, I'm thrilled that you guys have discovered this, but, you know, the opportunities for this is just amazing for you guys because it's going to be needed. Every, anybody that's going to be wanting to go in office or a home-based product or, you know, I can, I can see it with, you know, people, again, struggle with allergies and things like that. And breathing better air in your home is going to be, you know, people are going to feel better. They yeah. feel better. Guess what? They're not, their immunity is going to be better. They're not likely to get sick. They're not going to catch the flu. They could probably stay away from the COVID pandemic because you know everything's better. They're breathing cleaner air and on top of all the other things that it does. So it makes people healthier as well. Yeah. So it's, I mean, the, the, you know, I worked in healthcare for 12 years. So my, my brain is just, you know, I'm, I'm whiteboarding yeah. in my head going all of the, the incredible benefits that this causes just by breathing in yeah. clean air. And there, for your listeners, there's a great study that the Harvard School of Health uh, put out a couple of years ago on the effects of bad, that bad air can have on your cognitive thinking. So, um, and that's available on our website at www.zones.com under the additional details under the product. But I, you know, I would uh, throw that out there for anyone who wants to learn a little bit more about it. It's pretty fascinating stuff. So for offices, and I'm guessing it's scalable to any size of office, you know, what are some of the things that you want, without giving away the kernel seeker recipe, what are some of the things that you do um, with these organizations to kind of plan on the deployment of this? I'm thinking it's, there's probably some similarities for people saying, okay, I want to put in a new cubicle farm in my office, but you know, it's figuring out the geographic location of everything. Uh, within the office, but what are what are some of the things that you have uh, customers do ahead of time to make it easier to implement uh, this type of solution? Yeah, it, the biggest thing um, that we help companies do is create a plan. 
So not just a plan for the air, but a, a comprehensive plan. So we've got a great checklist, a white paper that was just recently uh, completed on the return to work. And what we find most important among all of this is companies know they need to do something. They're just not quite sure what exactly to do. So we help them um, create a plan based off of their objectives. And we find companies are really in three buckets. The first bucket is we're not doing anything until well into the future. And that's their plan. They're just going to stay at home. A lot of companies in the Bay Area have uh, bought into that particular plan, which is fine for them. Other companies are like, we want to get back to work. A lot of them are talking about Q1 of 2021. We just don't really know how, and they're sort of kicking the can down the road. Those are the companies we're helping right now to start to formulate that plan and start to look at what, how do you treat your existing space so that you can address these things without the huge costs of reconfiguring your cubicles or reconfiguring your entire workspace that you're only going to have to reconfigure again down the road. And then we have the companies who right now, they have to get back to work. And a lot of these are call centers. Um, there are other uh, industries that require people to be in the office where you have to be there, essential businesses that um, really need a, a safe plan. And those people are saying, you know, right now, what's the best that we can do? And so we help them create you know, an airflow throughout their workplace, where people are sitting, creating designated spots, and then making sure that those areas on the floor are, having, are getting um, effective air filtration right at the source. And that's the key. If anyone listening walks away with one thing, it's make sure your plan addresses the air at the source at which it's exhaled, coughed, or sneezed. If you're not doing that, you're opening it up to being shared amongst everybody. Yeah, and the, the masks and wiping everything down and all those things, like you said at the onset, are important. But, it, you know, someone comes in with a, a slight cough or a sneeze or anything like that, and all that work is not done if, if the air isn't uh, being clean. And as you know, you know, majority of office buildings that have been built in the last 40 years it's not like you can open up the window, you know, the 27th floor, you know, in San Francisco, that window doesn't open for Correct. a lot of reasons. So right. you're, you're dealing with the circulated air. And again, in, especially in the high rise buildings, you're thinking, well, I'm just dealing with the air. It's like, well, that system is however many floors that is. So, I mean, I, I yeah. could be completely wrong on this. Someone could cough a little bit on the third floor. And that could circulate. I, I could be completely wrong. I, I, you correct me if I'm wrong on that, but it's that air is flowing through the entire building. So, you know, it's, but it's safe to say that if you capture that at the point at which it's cough and sneeze, and it's if nothing else, it's diluted. That in and of itself is a big win for everybody on the floor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing that's really important that a lot of people don't understand when it comes to real estate is many tenants don't have control over their HVAC. That's a building issue. They control that. And you're at the mercy of what they decide to do. You may have an incredible landlord that's taking proactive steps and investing millions of dollars into the building to do that. You may have a landlord that's turning the other way and saying, look, we, we're going to provide what we provided when you signed your lease. And so this is a great way for people to take control 
Um, and that's regardless of the size of the company. Um, it's all dependent on uh, the landlord that you're leasing from. Yeah, I've worked with landlords that have been on both sides of that fence that are being proactive or nowhere to be found. Um, and, and they say anything they say, it's like, well, what does the lease say? And that's right. their that's their standard response. It's probably an auto reply in their email. Um, and I, I can visually see that landlord right now. And the, the one time that I actually got to meet the person, right. good times back then. But yeah, so, so for an organization, you know, that wants to roll this out, you know, what's, what's the typical turnaround time? Again, I know this is all real new for everything, but you know, let's say, you know, an office building, you know, that's got, you know, maybe 3,000 square feet uh, of, of space or something like that. You know, what are the, you know, of course, yeah, I mean, the, as with anything, I know that the most time consuming component of it is the actual planning side of things. You know, it's like a Broadway play. It takes them 18 months to two years to put together something that is performed in 90 minutes. Right. So I'm guessing it's, it's the same principle here. It's like a lot of planning. Where does this go? Where are people sitting? Are they always going to be sitting there? Are you going to be moving things around? What does that look like? So uh, with, with the people that you've been working with so far, you know, what, what have you seen as far as kind of typical uh, turnaround times from I need to implement this system right away to it actually you know, being on and running for them? Yeah, it really depends on their timeline you know, when they want or need to get people back. If we've had companies who've said, I need this by next week, um, help me get what I need. And, you know, we react accordingly. And then we have companies who have said fourth quarter of this year, and we're already implementing those plans for those companies. And then we have people who are taking their time, creating plans, plans of action and we work within their timeline as well. So it's really dependent. Um, I would say to any of your listeners, it, we can operate in any of those um, timelines. So we have product in stock. We've got it by the thousands. Um, so we're ready, prepared, and we've got back shipments um, of product uh, being pulled together. And so we have the product, we have the solutions, and we can work on you know within any timeline pretty much uh, that any customer has. Any geographic restrictions for you um, as far as uh, deliveries or, or installations or things like that? Well, right now it's engineered um, as a North American standard. Um, it, we're, we are working with some companies who are global, who want a solution they can roll out globally. That's fine. We, we have the capabilities of doing that, but with um, electrical currents and so forth, it, it does require some changes. Um, so there you need, you know, an extra probably six weeks uh, for deployment once you make the decision to move forward. And that's just to incorporate those those changes into um, our system. Yeah, don't use the airport adapters, people, for this. That's just a pro tip. I wouldn't, I'm guessing the, the power uh, required for this might be a little bit more than, you know, plugging in your iPhone into the, into the London uh, outlet. So actually that's the beauty of this product. It it's only requires 8.5 Watts. So this nice. isn't something that's going to overpower your outlet at a workstation. This is equivalent to plugging your phone in. Um, oh, so it's, it, it, it works great um, all the way across the board. Operationally, it's uh, it's a fantastic solution. That is amazing. So, yeah, I highly recommend businesses that are looking to bring their people back uh, anytime in the foreseeable future to 
uh, to reach out. So, Sandy, I've loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this wonderful uh, solution that you've discovered? Yeah, we have a landing page available at cleanzones.com. That's clean, Z-O-N-E-Z.com. And our website, uh, zones.com, Z-O-N-E-Z.com. And uh, you can find links to great videos, uh, white papers, and then technical information, and certainly the product information and images. Perfect. I'll definitely have that all in the show notes. So again, thank you so much for doing this. You're going to make the world safer uh, by this work that you and your team have put into this and you know, breathing clean air. And I'm asthmatic. Believe me, clean air is pretty important to me. So uh, I, I commend you in, in doing all this work and, and continued success on this. Yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.